the electrician was looking at our smoke detectors and he's like, yeah, well, these are, these are like 13 years old at this point also. So it's possible that they, you know, they may just like not be great anyway. Um, so probably be good to, to swap them out. And I was like, oh yeah, I assume like smoke detectors have really improved a lot oh, since then. So, the and he's like, he's like, no, this is still the best model. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, so what, like our smoke detectors and printers. That's just we've taken it as far as it can possibly go. Yeah, well, don't and, give them ideas. Subscription service for your smoke detectors to yeah. Mm, your smoke detectors are out of magenta ink. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 440 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the chief infraction officer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. I'm thrown off, Adam. You really, you sent me for a loop. Infraction officer. Infraction. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's that's my job though. Infraction. Infraction or N-fraction? I mean, it's a CEO, you know, so it's uh, infraction. I still, I still am not quite sure. What that means. I mean, it's. I don't know that it's a word necessarily, but I think it gets it gets across a particular vibe. You it know? does. It certainly does. And the thing I'm is, vibe. the CEO role vibes top to bottom. Yeah, the vibe uh, is. I know more than you. That's yeah. the only vibe you need. So if Here's you're confused, exactly. If you're confused, that's on you. And my job, yeah. My job is to sow confusion and dissension among the ranks and then walk away with a big fat paycheck. Walk away with money. Uh, well, anyway, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. And today is November 3rd, 20 Jubilee. And before we keep going, we have a profanity warning. Profanity warning. <laughs> before we keep going. <laughs> I was going to say before we get started, but I was like, ah, oh, we we're already deep in it. You know, just. That ship sailed. Game. Um, also, we'd like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you so much for your monthly donations to help keep the podcast going. Uh, all right. So this is we're, – we're entering into a wacky phase of life, mm. which is called the holidays. We've yes. got – we got winter break coming up. We got Thanksgiving break coming up. Uh, so we are – we're going to be recording uh, – we're going to do a couple of double sessions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to record two episodes today, which means uh, we'll have some stuff to talk about, you know, news-wise today or like for this episode. But then it's just questions, mm-hmm. you know, just taking questions. So yeah, buckle up. Here we go. Uh, so what I want to talk about what you got? as far as what's going on in life, uh, I had I had a cursed day on Tuesday this week. You know, sometimes okay. it's Halloween. On Halloween. So we've had a, a suspicion in the studio that October, you know, isn't just the spookiest month because of Halloween, but in our professional history, a lot of things always end up happening in October. October mm-hmm. turns into just just a fucking, just a sweaty, everything's on fire, nothing mm-hmm. is going according to plan, and everything's happening all at once kind of a month, okay? And we've worked really hard to try to stop that from happening over yeah, the years. I mean, frankly, October is probably mostly responsible for all of our DevOps transformations because we were like, oh, we yeah. can't yeah, suffer probably. through this cursed month again and again and again. Yeah. And I think last so, year was pretty good. I think last year we had – last year I think we, we skipped by October mostly and just had October and November if I recall correctly. Like yes. got a little we out of hand yep. in November, but it wasn't too bad. And this time we got all the way – all the way to the last to day the of last October. Day of October, and it was in October. smooth sailing until that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then October 
emerged from the bog, covered mm-hmm. in bullshit, and looked us dead in the eyes, and it was like, Not hold today. my beer. <laughs> uh, so, so basically, the night before Halloween, Ooh. on All Hallows' Eve, wait, is, is Halloween All Hallows' Eve? Could be. Is that on the eve before Halloween? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I are in bed, sleeping. It is two o'clock in the morning, Ooh. and suddenly, beep. We hear beep. A high-pitched chirp from an indeterminate location mm. somewhere in the house. The wail of a banshee or a fire alarm slash it detector? Is a, it is a smoke detector. Mm-hmm. And the way the smoke detectors are designed, when their battery gets low, they will beep for one microsecond every minute on the minute in a pitch that is ex- well, it's extremely loud, it's, but also it's so high. It's designed to be unignorable. It's unignorable, but also unlocatable. Yeah, you, which I've never figured out who again, <laughs> who, who is designing this because you cannot, on purpose, find the smoke detector that is making that fucking noise. There's just no s- way. You simply cannot find it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is exacerbated by the fact that smoke detectors will beep when their battery reaches a critically low threshold. Okay. The throughput of batteries is also related to the temperature of the battery. If the battery is cold, its throughput goes down, and if it's warm, it goes up. Uh, we're coming into winter, so our batteries were, like, fine in the smoke detector. Or like, you know, they were verging on low. But as it gets colder in the house, around 2 o'clock in the morning, mm. uh, the battery, which is actually is normally fine. Is that it always happens at night? Because I feel like it always happens at night. Yep. This is why it happens at night, and it's also why they actually never beep every minute on the minute because the temperature in your house fluctuates, especially when you're looking for a smoke detector and running around your house, stirring up all the air, which means like when you get up, you're looking around and stuff. And then like, uh, you may not hear it beep for 10 minutes and you're like, I guess it's done. And then you go to it's bed never done. and then the house starts cooling down and then beep. <laughs> right. And so it creates this fucked up, like, sleep deprivation torture scenario mm-hmm. where where there's something that just randomly beeping you can't stop it you can't find it and you can't like like i put on noise canceling headphones it doesn't work because yep. they cancel consistent noises and this is just a high pitched beep and it's so loud that it pierces it pierces everything it pierces the doors walls. that's why you can't tell where the fuck it is by design right because it's meant to be a thing where no matter where you are in the house the sound gets to you so you can be like oh right. shit the house is on fire which is cool but it seems weird that there's not a follow up to that design which is like hey we've alerted you that one of your smoke alarms that's all you can tell. You sure. don't know which Here's one. the one. For example, a button a on, little, the, on it light. where if you press the button, then if the battery is low, then the button would do something or great. not do something. Or a little you LED. Know? Those cost almost nothing. Juice People yeah, love putting LEDs and shit too. You know? yeah. they have, well, it has an LED, but again, like it thinks that the battery is fine. Most of the time, because of oh, right. it's actually because there's because they don't go into a new state where it's like I'm now in a low battery state and it's like a toggle is flipped, right? right? It's a constant, right? So once it hits the edge of the state, you're it's hell. moving in and out of it, then yeah, yeah, it becomes impossible to get enough consistency to actually do anything. So, so we didn't know about this temperature, we didn't like we didn't know about this temperature thing. All we knew that at that time was we were fucking tired. Mm-hmm. The dogs are freaking out. Well, actually, one of the dogs, the other dog doesn't give a shit, but one of the dogs is freaking <laughs> out, uh, thinking that, that I don't know, maybe there's a terrorist attack, maybe aliens. there's Armageddon, Gross. aliens, it could be anything, you know, but it, it's definitely going to kill us all. That's mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
coming in the form of a infrequent, tiny, high-pitched beep. I mean, she was not wrong. Not mm-hmm. wrong. Okay. So we spend much of the night trying to discern the source of this beep, despite the fact that it is beeping anywhere between every minute to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have six smoke detectors, but many of them are very close together, actually. They, they're, they're in like clusters, kind of, like at, like in the ends of hallways and stuff like that. And uh, we just, we could not find it. Literally couldn't figure out. And we like, we took the batteries out of smoke detectors and removed them and stuff. And the beeping continued. We're not, like, we just could not stop it. Okay. So uh, then, you know, about seven o'clock in the morning, it just stops on its own. Mm, that's getting nice and warm. After we had like, yeah, and like after we had removed a bunch of the smoke detectors and taken their batteries out, and we're like, can we just like kill them? Can we just like put them into a bag and throw them in a river mm-hmm. or something? Um, so a lot of them were just fully disabled, but the beeping kept going. So that at seven o'clock in the morning stopped and we're like, oh, I guess it's done now. So so we went on with our day and we were like starting to like figure out like, okay, like it was a super busy day also on, on Tuesday. And so didn't really have, like neither of us had time to go get batteries, new batteries. We didn't have any, right? any of that stuff. So we're like, hopefully it's just, it's done now because we killed them and we can sleep. Cut off the head of the zombie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so this is like coming into Tuesday, sleep deprived as fuck Mm -hmm. uh, and start working. And then it's like first thing in the morning, I get a, get a a bug report from Sam. Hey, I'm getting this crash, getting this crash in the game changer. And it's just like, it's, it's actually something that's been there for a few weeks, but just by chance, just nobody's stumbled across it yet. But now suddenly it's a blocker because there's a thing Sam's trying to do and okay, that's, that's there, right? So I'm like, oh, all right, no problem. So I, my first thing of the day, like I had some plans, but it's, yeah, got to fix this crash. Start fixing the crash. While I'm fixing the crash, I get another ticket from Sam where he's like, there's this other thing going on mm-hmm. in a game changer that uh, is, is also a, a, it's not a crash, but it's blocking me. And again, like the code for that stuff has just been the same for months. And then suddenly it's, it's Not fucked hate. up. Some mm-hmm. edge case has occurred and now Sam can't do stuff anymore. So I fixed the crash and then I fixed this other bug and that's a big chunk of my morning. And then finally, you know, could start working on the, the plan, the stuff that I was planning on doing. Uh, and it will say this is already unusual. Like if I start my work day, cause I start a little bit earlier than everybody else be on the East coast. And then I typically just wake up pretty early now with the baby and stuff. So it's very unusual that in the first, I mean, even that on any day, basically that I hit a game changer crash of some sort or like a true blocker. Like it hasn't happened in a very long time. Yeah. So again, two of them in one morning was definitely fucking weird. In yeah, unchanged like, systems. In, yeah, in yeah. Unchanged systems. Yeah. And like having things crash, uh, interrupting development is something that used to happen nonstop. And that was where like all of my programming time went. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we've, I feel like we've gotten away from those days, but apparently October said, Hell fuck you, buddy. I don't think Get so. Get back here. Uh, so spent the morning just kind of fixing these blockers and stuff. Uh, start working on my plan for the day, but run out of time, break for lunch and come back. And then we come back. Uh, S- Sam and Jen start working on the, on the campaign. Jen opens up her world map and it crashes. Mm. The game crashes. I'm like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> we've been working on the world map stuff mm-hmm. uh, for weeks and everything's been fine. So I look into it and there's just like a chunk of data that's just not in her map file. And we're trying to merge the maps and that, da- that data, it just somehow isn't there. I look through all the code and there's no scenario where that gets skipped. There's like, just where the fuck. Yeah, I'm like, how go? did this even happen? But more importantly, we got to stop this crash. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
I start working on fixing the crash. So Jen can't work on the, the, the campaign map. So she's like, no problem. I'll just go do some game changer stuff while you're fixing that crash. <laughs> Spooky. Okay. <laughs> so I'm over here working on the crash and uh, she and Sam are working on stuff in the game changer and then they go to commit. So the way that it works when, when we make changes, in the game changer is like a snapshot like of the whole thing. Yeah. It's a snapshot of all the game's data and then we upload it to our server, much like how you upload a level head level or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she and Sam are working on stuff and they, they start to upload their changes. And we to this day, we still don't know what went wrong. But what we do know, we don't know why this happened, which we're still working on. But what did happen is that Jen started uploading the file to the server. The server sent a message back to her saying, I got it. The, I got the upload. You're and, good and to go. And it's stored because the way that these are stored is there's like metadata. So it's like the name of the thing. Information about the, the file. Stats about it, information about the file. So there's that that gets stored in a database. And then there's the actual like content itself that then gets stored separate. basically as a file in a separate location. And so and so the first thing knows about the second thing, right? But the way it's supposed to work is that the server is supposed to be like, you okay, both. I get all the things and then I'm keeping track of like, oh, I uploaded this. I successfully uploaded the body. Now I can also upload the meta. It's supposed to go in that order so that if something goes wrong, we know that it went wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But instead- So, what, so instead- We ended up with the metadata, but not the data. A not head the data, with no body. Which is because, not supposed to be possible. Because while, this, while the server was writing the, the, the file- it died. The server just fucking died for no yeah, Which reason. it's not supposed but to do. It's not supposed to do that. That's not, we it's not a it. thing. Uh, and also, I looked through like all the logs and stuff. There's like no, all no I can, errors. I can, I can <laughs> see that it restarted at, at that same time, basically, right? But I, but there's no log information anywhere about why. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? It's also okay. supposed to do it really smoothly where if it has to restart for some reason, it's supposed to basically like wait until all the current connections close, transition to a new copy of the server. There's it's a lot of safety of switches. Stuff, right? So basically, Jen sends a body up to the server. The server is, decapitates it and then it's like, Just I don't know what happened, man. I yeah. don't know. Now, 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 even worse. So then, the, so then, because the server gave an affirmative response, it says, "I got the file. You're good." Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, your changes have been uploaded and they are safe. When the server says that, then we clear your local changes because the you don't need them anymore. Yeah. The server has them, except it didn't. So we deleted her work that she had just uploaded, mm -hmm. and then Sam and Jen both got stuck trying to load into the game. Because the game was trying to download the latest game changer file, which the server said it had. And sends back the, the metadata for. And it sends back the information about it. But then when you ask to download it, the server says, no, that doesn't exist. There is That file isn't there, mm -hmm. right? So we got stuck in this loop, which is like, this is a situation that we never accounted for, where the server just says it has a file, but then won't give it to you. Right? <laughs> um, and so there was no logic in the game to let you proceed if that happened. So Sam and Jen are both stuck and they can't even open the game now. So then Adam and I go on this archaeological expedition trying to figure out what the fuck happened on the server. And eventually we have to just delete the metadata that got uploaded because the file isn't even there. So there's no file to delete, right? So we just get to just nuke that. So we get them unstuck there. I go back to working on fixing the previous crash that I was working on. <laughs> So then I get that resolved. Um, and then 
and then uh, we start to merge, like like Jen gets to actually start working on it. We merge things together. Um, and then we find this just absolutely fucking wild scenario that has occurred in the world map because of, again, because of an edge case bug that uh, only expressed itself like once and nobody really noticed that it was there, but it's been there for mm-hmm. months. So it's it's kind of this... Can I can I explain it or is it too stupid? You got to explain it in ghost. It's in ghost terms again, which I think is basically that when someone else, so not you, if you're making some changes to the world map, and then someone else adds a certain kind of thing to the world map, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get that from them. Instead of taking what they have, you say, actually, I have decided that there's nothingness there. I'm saving void into the world, and so I'm going to clobber this. Like, yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's it's this. Yeah. So it's this kind of weird thing where, like, so we we have this this thing in the game called called scenes, which it's basically it's a location that you can change over time. So scenes have phases. So if you want a character to like move from one place to another, they have to be then a you scene. Just, yeah. So you would you would declare those to the the start point and the end point to be parts of a scene. And then in one phase, the character's in one spot. And then the next phase, the character's in the other spot. So basically there was this, this edge case bug that would allow you to um, have have something move around in a scene phase by phase. But then you could remove parts of the scene with without actually uh, removing the character from the scene mm-hmm. through this like kind of weird series of steps that, that you could do that I kind of hadn't predicted. Which would mean that in some cases, that character would end up in places in the world that claim, like it claims that it belongs to the scene, but the place that it's in isn't actually part of the scene. Again, man, it's just ghost shit. It's like, so again, you're it's not supposed like, to be here, okay? You you're not supposed to time. be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're, you're saying that you belong in this scene, but you it's aren't like in the scene. The character yeah. has stepped into a pocket dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's possible that, that, that we've had... St- this happened several times, but we just never detected it and, until now because of some safety tools, like safety catches that I added to like check for things like that. Um, but it happened. Like we detected it on Halloween right after like in the middle of all this other bullshit. And so then we had to try to figure out like, what does this mean? How do we deal with this? How do we fix it? Um, and so basically, once again, there was no fix for what had already happened, which meant mm-hmm. that that work got Destroyed. lost uh, and had to be redone because things were basically detached. Yeah, the story, from the, the story of Halloween from Jen's side was that I kept doing stuff and I kept getting deleted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, and then of course, like in the evening. Um, we had the smoke detectors decided, fuck you, and just started beeping again, even though they were no batteries, they were off the ceiling, they had been out for a whole day, uh, and the beeping, and this is the spookiest part, we had the smoke detectors detached, so they, and they were like wrapped up in blankets in a different room of the house, blah, blah, blah. The beeping kept coming from the ceiling where they had previously been mounted. Some real spooky beeps. And I'm like, there, there's nothing up there though, it's just a plastic circle and then some wires, mm-hmm. right? But it, like we kept hearing it and I'm like, am I stupid? Like, do I not understand how smoke detectors work? <laughs> like, it's a fucking circle with a beeper in it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> And so uh, now I've like, I've, I've sleep deprived for two days. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is going on. Now we're into November. We call it, we call it an electrician. He comes and he looks and he's like, yeah, man, this is just, there's just wires up there. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and then like, he couldn't get the smoke detectors to beep. 
Of course. He's there during the day. You know, Spooky yeah. shit only happens at night. He's there. Yeah. And so he's like, well, he's like, if I were you, I would just, I would get all new batteries for all the smoke detectors. But actually, I would re- just replace all of them too. Just full on. Just, just burn it down. Yeah. And I was like, so if it keeps beeping after that, we we have to move, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Bitch yeah, boy. Get to burn the house down, <laughs> I think, at that point. Yep. Burn yeah. some sage or something, you know? I thought, so, I thought energy. he actually fixed. I didn't realize that there's still, there's this question mark there about, about what's going on in that ceiling. Nobody know. I mean, he looked through and he's like, "Yeah, it's just wires." <laughs> and he and he even went like into the attic to see if there was like some additional like smoke detector up there or something. And he's like, "No, nah, there's nothing up there. It's just wood and a couple of wires." How many oh. nights has it now been of no beeps? Uh, two, two, two nights. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're, I think we're in the clear. Uh, but and I actually, I, I left out some other shit that also went wrong because you know we only have so much time. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, and my head started bleeding. Just it, like. I, I, all, I, I go to bed at night and there's a cut on my head. I, what? Did, I, I, I had no point did I bang my head on anything or cut it shaving, but and it's kind of a fresh cut too. This is also in Halloween. Just suddenly my head's bleeding. <laughs> I don't know, man. That sounds like some spooky poltergeist <laughs> shit. There is some spooky shit going on and I didn't like it. I know what uh, happened. The what beep happened? was coming from inside your skull. It had to oh. get out. Yeah, it got out. Something reached in there and pulled it out because it knew you were on the case and that you had... You had cleared every possible option for what it could be. So the only remaining thing was that it was coming from inside the head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably they turned on the five G towers, and then that that pulled, <laughs> that, pulled that pulled out. the microchip out yeah, of yeah. my head. Yeah, Bill probably. Gates was like, "Oh, there he is." He's, oh, Bill Gates, like, he's, oh, he's onto us. He's, he's looking into the smoke detectors. <laughs> we bugged them all, and he's going to find it. Mm-hmm. We got to we got to bleed his head out. Yeah, uh, yeah. so that Very that sick. was that was Halloween, and again, like it, I actually kind of took, I kind of took heart in it because it said it meant something to me that all these things went wrong. Yeah. It was something positive actually, mm. which was that October he completed the ritual. No, not even that. It was all, all these crashes and weird things were happening as edge cases in developer tools that I had made for Sam, Jen, and myself to do, you know, all Content these different work. things. And we hit so many edge case bugs and so many weird things all in one day, which tells me, hey, people are doing stuff. Like people <laughs> are really stuff. People are really using the shit out of these tools that I made. Yeah, they're uh, finding, <laughs> yeah it's like when yeah, it's like when you get weird ass reports from players when well, it's like once a game goes out and it's being played by thousands or hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people or whatever. And you just start seeing like weird, weird shit where you're like, the fuck, right? Who <laughs> yeah. would who you're like, who would do this? Yeah. But then it's kind of like, I mean, that's cool though. That's cool. Like that there's enough it. people playing it that somebody <laughs> did this weird ass thing. Yeah. So, true. you know, it's you can choose to look at it in a few different ways. When you're extremely tired, there's only one way to look at it, which is kill me, please let me sleep mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then after that, you know, you can look back and be like, you know. It's yeah. okay. It's good. I think right? I think you took it in stride because I think what's weird about it is that because it happened on Halloween, there was yeah. some latent comedy yep. in it, in yeah. all of that bullshit. Like if that was just like a Tuesday in July, that would have been, I feel like, just it's way more somehow. annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's somehow yeah. worse. Because so, you know it's coming. You, you know, know it's, it's October and like it had been a very calm October. Well, maybe that's you know? maybe that's what Halloween is trying to do for us each year. It's like, hey, prepare for this day. To be spooky and fucking weird. And then for it's, us, it's, it's been the just purge. dropping it. Yeah, it's like, hey, I told you I was coming. Here I am. And that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh Halloween. Uh, yeah. Coming back. Yeah. yeah. And, like, every, and everything was fine in the end. Like, got everything fixed. And, like, these bugs were always there. They just all showed up on Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, I guess like we we were gonna hit him. It might as well just like derail one whole day and just fix all the bugs. Yeah, that's the best way. Instead to do of it. instead yeah. of just being interrupted all the time. Yeah. you know, for the next month. Thanks, Halloween. Yeah, I have you know? I yeah. have two comments on this. One is the last time I had it's a rite of passage as an adult once you like have a place and you're in charge of smoke detectors. You know, uh, yeah. is at some point those fuckers are gonna make you so mad. And that point is two o'clock in the morning. It's always two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and the, the last time this happened to me in our place, um, it was one of those, like, I had the same sort of sequence of like, it, mine wasn't as bad because I, I could, we don't have as many detectors and it was easy to kind of triangulate, but we have 11 foot ceiling. So I had to go get a ladder and like, you know, fuck. Oh, fuck. Right. Yep. So it was a whole thing still. And it was the same deal where you I could just I, use a, you could just use a gun at that point, right? I mean, like, that's that's the smoke yeah. detector. Off. Best <laughs> but it was the same kind of deal where I was like, then looking into it and I was like, why is this how it is? You know? And, mm. and I had, and I was like, there has to be a better solution out there to this, to this completely insane, insane. archaic way of doing stuff, you know? And, and that was when I, that was when like, I, I was in a rage and so I didn't care what the cost was and I just splurged, yep. you know, and I mm. bought, I didn't replace all of them, but I replaced like the main smoke detectors, like the kitchen one and bedroom one and, and, and then like another one, you know, with like the fancy smart detectors, the, the, I think they're called, Google's been buying and selling shit, so who knows, but I think it's the Nest ones. Um, mm -hmm. And still annoying, because you even just set this up because you want to run a test run on it, so you have to like listen to it, you know? But so there's still like annoyance involved with the thing. But once I got it all, got it all placed and stuff, I could just open my phone and it'll just like tell me what the charge is and it'll just send me a fucking email and a text oh my message. God. And does it tell you which one? Weeks before them? it's going to get too low. Mm. And it tells you like which one, it, they have names, right? So you, like, you know exactly which one it is. Like, hey, Jerry in the living room is feeling a little tired. Yeah, so it'll be like, hey, the battery's starting to run low, so you should replace it sometime in the next two weeks before we Actually, start giving you shit, you know? I think there's a design lesson in here because when someone designing a smoke detector, right, is thinking about what's the point of a smoke detector? It's like yes, detect, detect smoke, smoke. And scream about it, and then keep people safe, which means you gotta scream when you don't, when you no longer can detect smoke, right? Yeah, you gotta make sure that you that you're running. You have to make sure yeah. you're running. All of those things are true. However, what your feature is doing is actually a very rare frequency event for anybody who uses a smoke detector. In other words, most of what someone's experiencing with a smoke detector is, is just changing the batteries of smoke yeah. detectors. Otherwise, you don't know it's there. Yep. Or, or, or going off spuriously because of, you know, stuff going on in the kitchen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, so what you're saying, Sam, is like if you don't make that part a pleasant experience, then the only experience people have with smoke detector is horrifying. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's wild <laughs> to me because it's like that is actually the experience that most people throughout their entire lives will have with a yep. smoke detector. Woke up at two o'clock in the morning, yeah. pissed off. Yes. And that's yeah, and that's nobody why just, designed for this. That's why no I just thought like, because the other thing what? about the smart ones is you can just open up and be like, Hey, I'm going to be doing some stuff that's going to make smoke that it's perfectly safe. So I'm just going to pause you for a bit. So it's, it'll just not go off. Mm. Right? You can do it in the app. You can just fucking do, yeah, it, just do it in the app. You can do everything in the app. And so, or, or you can say like, oh, hey, you're going off, but actually it's fine. Just stop. Stop it. You just tell yourself to stop doing it. And you just do it in the app. You don't have to go explore the house. Thank and it'll, God. I mean, you just open it up and it'll be like, look, this one's red. That's because it's going off, you know? So like, you mm -hmm. just, you're just in bed. You hear a noise and you're like, oh no. And then you just like open it up and like, okay, turn it off and you're done, you know? Well, and so. the fucked up thing is like the smoke detectors we have, there's only, there's one button on it. Yeah. It's one button. Yep. And it's the, it's the test button. Yeah. Right. And it says on the button, test it weekly. Yeah. And when you push that button. It just screams at you. <laughs> yeah. Every smoke detector in your house 
just fucking goes ballistic. And it's like, how, I think I would actually, I, if you don't give me ear protection along with the smoke detector, I yeah. think that this would be really bad for me, actually. It's, it's so fucking yeah, weekly. Yeah, yeah, what I did with the, what I did with those nests when I got them is I, so my wife had just bought this big, it's like, it's called Jenny's ice cream. It's like fancy ice cream, but it comes in this big, uh, like dry ice thing with a big styrofoam container, you know? And I literally just, cause, cause you had to put them on test mode, right? So they go, right, go through the test and like make all the noise and stuff, you know? So I just like activated test mode and just put them in the styrofoam container and just, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> covered them with towels and then like put the lid on the styrofoam container. And I'll tell you what, that f- captures the noise. It's good. I can yeah. barely even hear it. And but it's so I, crazy to me that again, like if most of the person's interaction with smoke detectors their whole life is going to be either it's just batteries, hearing chirps or doing test runs. Why is the test run at full volume when you know the person's yeah. ears have to be at max three feet away from you? Yeah. You got to right. really not want to die. Who decided these? <laughs> it's just so fucking mean. The if I wasn't so paranoid, like f- dying in a fire is one of my paranoias, you know? Um, and so oh, yeah, and you live and you sleep on like a second floor, right? Yeah. So, that's so like even worse. But yeah. if I wasn't as paranoid as I'm about this, like I can see why people would just be like, fuck this and just like disable all their smoke detectors. <laughs> right. Cause like, yeah. cause yeah, Sam is just like, it's only a bad experience until of course it keeps you from dying in a fire. So mm-hmm. I'm more worried about like my dogs dying in a fire when I'm not home. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. But the smoke but, detectors uh, don't help with that unless, unless they're smart detectors because now you don't have to be at home and you can discover that your house is on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got we got an, an one from, I think, from ADT that automatically yeah, yeah. calls the fire department. Ah, nice. Right? Yep. So, yep. right? But like that's one of seven yeah. in, in the house. And who knows no, which so, one it is, to be honest, you know? It's, could be well, we, I know because <laughs> it looks different from the others and requires a uh, three, two, three volt batteries, which are the same thickness as a double A battery, but like two, th- like not half the length, but just slightly oh, more stubby than guys. half the stubby guy, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're not, they're like, they, if you put two of them together, at first glance, you're like, that's just a double A battery. <laughs> But then if you put it next to a double A, it's like, it's not, it's not the same. It's like 90%. Know? And no other thing in the entire universe uses these batteries. And so you can't get them. Again, I have so many store. questions. <laughs> if, if anybody listens to this designs, you smoke detectors. Uh, if anybody here, if anybody listening to design smoke detectors, come on over Explain for a little slapper. <laughs> come on slap. over to my house and I'll give you a little slapping. A little, <laughs> little you know, I'll, just, I'll just scream in their ear. Yeah, fair yeah. Just yeah. every so often, you know? You know, my battery was low after being sleep deprived. So why don't a smoke detector designer come on over and I'll scream in your ear <laughs> between every one minute to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was wild. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you're crazy. listening to this and you're thinking, well, I haven't really changed my smoke detector batteries in a while. Go look at them right fucking now. Mm-hmm. See what the batteries are. Replace all the batteries and then buy a backup set of batteries for all of them. Actually, no, don't do that because by the time you need them, they'll be expired and won't work anymore anyway. And, and then you'll have replaced them all with shitty batteries, which is going to be even worse because now they're the not, all, come faster. not on the clock mm-hmm. to come faster. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? But That's true. Make a note though, so you know which ones you're going to need, you know. But but I think it's a good rule of thumb to say like if if one of your smoke detectors starts beeping, just change all of the batteries because yeah. you won't even know which one is beeping. Yep. You know, that's, just that's the only strategy. Make sure you have enough batteries. And if you can afford it, all of them. Buy a bunch of smart smart ones because mm-hmm. it's so much better. Yeah, but it's so much more expensive too. Though is the problem. But yeah, also so yeah, much and also like I get it because like smoke detectors need to be super super cheap so that so everybody yeah. can have them and they can be everywhere. Yep. But somehow, somehow, man, they've they don't have to, to also be bad. 
me now. <laughs> yeah, they managed yeah. to do so little I have, with the- <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I have a, so for my, which I've talked about in the past, I have a, a, the bed jet. It's basically an air conditioner for my bed, right? Um, and uh, and the remote for it, is this just like, it's like a, whatever, it's just a little remote, right? That has a, But it has like a, a little LED kind of screen, you know? Handful of pixels, not not a big deal, right? Um, but this fucking thing, it tells me the battery is low basically constantly, but it's I've had to change the batteries once, I think, and I've had this thing for three years, right? Mm. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what kind of magic they're using for this thing, but it's got a handful of buttons and then a little interface. And it's like, it's again, not like great as an experience, right? But it can tell, it can give me information and I can like look at the information and understand what it's mm-hmm. telling me. And what I have a handful fuck? of buttons I can push. <laughs> and the whole thing like lives on a battery for a year and a half, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, why is the remote for my bed air conditioner, which is just a fan, you know, that just turns on. <laughs> yeah. Why is that so much more advanced than like the interface you have for this thing that is meant to detect smoke so that you don't die in a fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, like, you know, these are just uh, there's why no is it answer like this. There's simply no answer. Well, the the most fucked up thing to kind of really top this whole thing off was the, the electrician was looking at our smoke detectors and he's like, "Yeah, well, these are these are like 13 years old at this point, also. So it's yeah. possible that they, you know, they may just like not be great anyway. Um, so probably be good to to swap them out." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I assumed like smoke detectors have really improved a lot oh, since then." So, the and he's like, "He's like, no, this is still the best model." <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you! <laughs> Get out of my house! <laughs> what the hell?" I was like, "So what? Like our smoke detectors and printers? That's just we've taken it as far as it can possibly go." Yeah, well, don't give my idea subscription service for your smoke detectors to yeah, stop mm, your them smoke detectors moving. out of magenta ink. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> ugh. ugh. Anyway, all right, let's get into some questions. Let's get into some questions. Or a question, probably. A question, let's go. All right. The question from podcast.bscotch.net comes from Giant Muskrat, who says, who is one of our QA testers, uh, who says, what happens to the sale of meta, to the sales numbers of metaphorgasm when you mention it on the podcast. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, First, does anything happen? I guess we'll find we out. Don't, we don't need to go into what it is. If you're not a longtime listener, then you might have to just, you If know, you know, you know. You know, if you, know, you, if know. you don't, you know, man, it's fine. Let's, you don't need to worry about it. Uh, all I'll say is that once a year, I get a usually a single check for about like three dollars. Sick. That's all I'll say about it. And it's probably because it comes up once a year. So, <laughs> yep, that's about right. And then some random person does what you would do. You know, I'm not going to say it. Does what you would do, and then I got to check. Uh, they do. <laughs> they do the thing that some people do. Uh, same, but that you shouldn't do. That you shouldn't even worry about. Uh, and I, we just got to move on. Yeah. All right, next know, question. And if you don't know what we're talking about, and you really want to know, you should head over to our Discord and see if somebody will. No, tell you, you should. You know, Adam, no, maybe. That's maybe, what I, maybe, maybe that's 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 what I think. I, I don't want to bring it up because then I'll be in trouble, you know. But you know, some some fellow podcast listener, not part of our house, they might know. You know, Adam, I'm going to ask you. Sam, Sam, Sam could be mad at him, but it doesn't even matter. You know, it doesn't even matter what happens. Uh, cease. Sam's going to be delivering some slappings pretty soon. Uh, All right, next question comes from Chalosis, who says, how do you make decisions? Who gets final say? Do you ask each other about every decision? Mm. Uh, Philosophically, I I actually have a talk that I put up. You can find it on our YouTube about about how to make decisions, but it's like the philosophy of decision-making. So that's one 
aspect of it, but that's not really the question at hand. What's, yeah. what's this is called? Do you remember so they can find it? Uh, I don't remember. It's in there. It's, it's just probably just go to the Discord. Just, Somebody knows. <laughs> yeah, if you Google butterscotch shenanigans <laughs> making decisions, probably it'll come up. You know, maybe is this know? the one about thinking? Or is it? Oh, it's yeah. It's called thinking. It's harder than you thought. That's what it is. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's harder than you think. Pretty dang good. Uh, I would say that we we operate on. I think we've talked about this a little bit before. For larger scale decisions, and frankly, in general, for stuff, the reality is, I think we've we've come to respect the pipeline a lot. And what I mean by that is the fact that the work that you do in a studio environment gets handed off to someone else, which means that you know, if you didn't get any input from them whatsoever before you handed that off, then you're likely to have done at least something kind of wrong. You know what yeah, I mean? Then it has to go back up the pipe, and that's not how pipes are supposed to work. Yeah. You know? So we have a lot of very, very short chats that are essentially someone bringing their bringing their decision in, especially, on, at least I'll speak for this on like the content side of, hey, I'm going to go make this thing that works like this. That's basically what it is. It's like a verbal minute long thing. I'm going to make this thing that looks like this, works like this, whatever. Uh, well, actually, there's a, there's, a, there's a prior step, which is, which is here are the three things that I think need to happen next. Yes. And why. Which one should I do? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of talk about that. So we kind of like set a direction. Mm-hmm. Then we'll we'll have an initial sort of chat about like probably like? how to do it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. And then, then yeah, like Sam was saying, then there's just some kind of check-ins where usually about partway through the process, it's like, okay, here's what we thought it was going to be like. Here's what I've learned so far. So now here's my plan. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah. Or no. And, that, you and know, the goal yeah, is really high through. autonomy, right? Because like we don't we don't want to micromanage for a bunch of reasons. It's, nobody has a good time when it comes to, mm-hmm. to that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and ideally the people who are doing the work know the most about that thing. So they're in the best place to be making decisions about that yeah. thing, right? I do want to distinguish though between micromanagement and this kind of creative process check-in thing. Because I think Yeah, very different. Yeah. They're very different, but I think they 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 could look they could look to some the same in the sense that does that mean every time you go to do something, you got to check with somebody and like get approval. And it's like, I'm not looking for approval for what I'm about to do. Yeah. You're looking for feedback and correct some additional input about things you might not be aware of when you. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a collaborative effort to actually figure out, to make sure that the thing that you're spending your human time on ends up being worthwhile and doesn't create problems just you know, even back for yourself, you know? At the end of the day. And actually, really good example. Because it will. Yeah, really good example from earlier this week. Uh, we implemented this this uh, watcher item into Crashlands 2. And it's a thing that Seth, Seth and I talked about. So again, this was like, hey, we want an interactable thing that will appear in the world that essentially just knocks the player back. And there's a certain way to get around this thing, but you got to figure that out or you got to somehow like turn it off, basically. Some weird kind of a hazard. It doesn't kill you, it just pushes you around, right? Pushes everything around. Pushes everything around. and Which is pretty cool. So Seth went and got a basically a gray box version of that up and running, which required answering actually a bunch of questions about a bunch of other things that seem unrelated uh, and expanding on a couple of systems, right? So each time we're kind of checking in and then he gets that to a point where he's like, all right, this is good. It's good to go. You can put some art on it. Cool. So now I, on my side, autonomously can essentially just say, I got the idea from him like, hey, should be kind of like a thing that looks like it's looking at you, I guess. Right. All right. I can figure that out on the art side. So I go do that, make the thing, put it in. The entire time I was working, though, I didn't actually check in because I was pretty sure this time that I knew I knew exactly what this thing would be. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Okay. I looked at the specs. I played around with it before I built this thing. I know. Uh, so I made this thing that was very solid looking. Okay. Like really fits in the world. Fits on the grid in isometric. Because I thought this is going to be a solid object. Because it's a thing that like pushes you yeah. around. Now, notably, I didn't make it solid when I put the yeah, original that, version. There's literally a checkbox. It's a solid. And Seth had very purposely not checked I that. did not check that box. <laughs> now, I looked at that as a... What good job. as a suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't check in, being like, "Hey, I'm thinking about changing this because of the art thing yeah, that I want." Is that to. fine? Does that actually? Would that be fine? Because it's a mechanical thing, right? Um, so I go ahead and I put it in, and I finish the whole thing before I put it in because I'm so sure. Okay, I've done. This. We've been through this rodeo. Been here for like. It's not your years. first rodeo. Come on, come yeah. on. Yeah. And so put this thing in, and sure enough, turns out that it needed to not be solid because if it's solid, then when it pushes you, if you're on the wrong side of it, it'll push you into itself. Where you get stuck, and then it just keeps on pushing you, and now you're trapped. Because it doesn't. Most importantly, it it doesn't push you away. It pushes you in a specific direction. It's kind of like the punchers in in level head, yeah. where it's like they send you a specific direction, right? So imagine if like a puncher somehow punched you toward itself, but mm-hmm. it was solid, and yes. now you just are perpetually being infinitely punched, and you cannot do anything. Yep. So what's funny <laughs> about this good. is that I recognize, of course, immediately upon putting the fucking art in. Because I was like, oh, that's, if I didn't just, I just unchecked the box basically while I was putting final art in, if that makes sense. I didn't uncheck as the a, box. As opposed to, to be like, testing the mechanics of or it. Or even ask it, yeah. And so, yeah. again, it's just, it's like, I'm, we're not, you're not checking in because you want approval so much as uh, you're checking in to do these little tiny bits of collaboration to make it so the whole process is smoother for yourself, for others, so you don't miss and so you don't send stuff backwards up the pipe or create additional work and stuff like that. So, I just like to think about know. it as you're getting a license because like there are right. there are people who know things that you may not know and you can you can venture it's kind of you know like if you want to drive you go get your get your license because people are like all right there's some things you need to know about driving okay right right <laughs> like what do these signs mean and do you go in the right lane or the left lane you know just like little little, little nuances yeah. like that and yeah you mm-hmm. could just get on the road and just start going but you should probably go get your license uh, so that you and other people don't die and cause mm-hmm. immense amounts of property damage, right? So it's, you know, it's the same way of as you're about to venture into some space that other people are also involved in. Mm-hmm. You got to get a license from someone who's in that space who knows things and just make sure that that you're on the right track and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you know the rules, you know the contours of the, of the problem, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. a home um, inspector, you know, it's the same. Just It's like... It can be all this can be implemented in a way that sucks. Yes, that's true. And like you'll hear about this, in like a lot of like, especially large legacy corporate environments, right? Where it's like, if you want to use a piece of software, it has to go through like ten teams. Has to go through yeah. a legal team, and it goes through a security team, and go through a blah, and then a finance thing, and then six months later, then maybe they you get no. a yes, and you can download. <laughs> they say no, and may or maybe not. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's not. Good. Like that doesn't make the work better for anybody, actually, right? Yeah, yeah but that's not that's not a collaborative process. That's just straight up an approval process, yes. either yeah. yes or no, right? Yeah. So because oftentimes in throughout this, essentially, what is decision making here? Which is saying, okay, at the highest level, we said, hey, we want a thing like this in the game. Why do we want that? Let's back up another level because we need yeah. this particular agree kind on of the design principle. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like we want this particular kind of puzzly exploration thing to be available at certain points. Okay, back down. This thing sounds like a good key to do that and maybe even one of the few things we need. So let's do that. Okay, now we've got it implemented, but doing that required a bunch of figuring out to make sure that, again, that it aligns with that top level thing. Um, 
And then all the way down to once you actually go to put it in the game, is it doing the thing that you, you thought it was going to do? So I think it's basically this, it's the, the collaborative aspect of it is I think the thing that makes it feel like it's not, it just doesn't, it doesn't suck because it's someone else is helping you bring the thing. You're, you as a well, crew you, or shepherd. You brought it to them first. Yeah. Right. And like, if you don't do that, it's, it just comes back and bites you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, nobody's having a good time. Yeah. I think yeah. the way that I would like, the way that I like to talk about it is uh, as, as an advocacy thing right so that everybody on the team is here as like the owner of a particular domain which also makes them responsible for being the advocate of that thing mm -hmm. right and and that means a lot of things because also everybody's the advocate for the whole team right as in like everyone's main focus still it's like it's not about whether you personally want this specific art asset to be in there right it's right. Because as soon as as soon as that starts to be why you're making decisions, then you can't operate successfully as a team. Um, but if you're coming into this advocacy role, then basically what we the way that we avoid micromanaging and get to focus on the collaborative aspect is we just say everything as much as possible should involve collaboration. But in particular, with anybody else who's going to be have, as Sam said, having handoffs related to this thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, because otherwise you will not make the right thing. You will not yeah. do the right work unless you make sure. It makes you feel bad at the end yeah, of the day. Like, nobody's the having mean. a good time. Yeah. And so, but so your job then is to come in as the advocate, not for like the specific thing that you're trying to do, right? But for yes, the for the overall goal of what you're trying to accomplish. Because if you have that, so like. That's where we agree on stuff. That's where we try to really. Yeah, because you come in and like, and you and you figure that out first, right? And so like, because I think of myself as like, I'm the advocate for really slick processes where if somebody says everything is fine, I still refuse to believe that. Right. So like mm -hmm. I, part of my job is like an advocate for always pushing on process and workflows, even to the point where people don't believe it's worthwhile. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, and so that's, that's like the level where I fight people. Right. Is because if, because if I'm doing that, that I can cause everything to continue to get better because somebody is advocating for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Sam is always advocating for, aspects of the art direction of the game and the overall design of the game, right? Seth's always advocating for making sure that the design choices that we're making don't completely fuck our ability to actually yeah. develop and deploy that, right? And and we'll have we'll have a myriad of things that we are strong advocates for, right? And it's basically the the and, and then that's what we encourage the rest of the team to do as well, right? So that that's what causes people to go do the work autonomously. That does need to get done, or at least is useful when it gets done, right? Because everybody knows what both what they're the advocate for, and then what the point is. what the point is, and what and yeah. what the, what we should be trying to accomplish, and so they can come in in that role and say, "Hey, I want to do this," or "I hey, I think we should do this for these reasons," and then everybody else gets to bring what they advocate for to that same yep. discussion, yeah. To then collaboratively, given that the given that the overarching goal for all of us is the shared, agreed upon goals for the studio. Yeah, I think micromanagement is really typically the result of not being able to effectively communicate the higher level goals associated with any one of these things. Because like if you yeah. if you cannot actually communicate what is what it is you're trying to get out of someone's work or as a team output, then it's not possible to autonomously send people out to go do that thing. Because they're just gonna do some random shit instead. So yeah. a lot of people it's easier to focus on technical bits and bobs, you know, uh, and tell people exactly what to do, you know, line by line. It is way easier to do that because it's so concrete than it is to have enough of these kind of collaborative and conceptual processes in place that the agreement is already there before someone arrives at the lower level of doing the work uh, such that they're just kind of checking in on this collaborative level to say, hey, this is where this is going. This is what I learned. Yeah. Is there any, does this seem correct? Or, hey, this is actually blown out of scope now because of this fact of a thing in the game yep. or whatever. 
um, yeah, I think usually that's, that's the result. Yeah, I think micromanagement is basically one directional, right? It's, hey, I've, I've made all of the decisions about what has to happen. Here they are, right? And if, you, and if any new decisions come up, bring them back to me and I'll tell you what yeah. to do, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, micromanagement is just the opposite of, of autonomy. And I think a lot of people also kind of confuse autonomy with solitude, which is like yeah. you, you doing your own thing and like being in charge of your own domain, that's, that's autonomy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that nobody else is ever involved. Yeah. Right? And that's, yeah, that's I why I like the, that's why I like the reframing it all as, as advocacy. Cause advocacy also implies you don't advocate for something to yourself. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so we, if we yeah. move away from the idea of like ownership and autonomy to advocacy, right. And ownership of a role and then advocacy for that role. And like, that's the idea that you focus on then that's what gives people the sort of authority to go and actually do stuff autonomously. Mm-hmm. But while also very strongly implying that they should be involving everybody else in this process as well. Yeah. Yep. It's the thing that like you're not you're not shipping the whole game yourself. I mean unless you are. But even so, you're you're doing this internally, you know. Yeah. With- well and it, it it also kind of prevents you from turning into a one dimensional KPI monster. You know? Yeah. Like yep. I had this I had this kind of goofy uh uh, thing happened this week where it's like in my, in my wow guild, I do a lot of work with, with the members of our raid team to kind of help them perform better. And we have this, so this guy who's a uh, uh, gold star coach. Yeah. Wow. So, so one of our guys basically came to me and he's like, I, I need to figure out how to do more damage. My damage is, I'm just, I'm just not satisfied with it. And he's like, and what I, what I need you to help me with is I need you to help me decide between whether I should use this pair of gloves or this pair of pants. Mm. Okay. And I'm looking at it, and it's just like there's just like a couple of stats. Actually, let's just let's, you know? let's look at it because this is good. This is someone coming to you with a solution, yeah, not the problem, right? Well, and, saying, and also they it's both because they come together with a problem that they've defined in a very in a very particular way, mm-hmm. and then yeah. a, and then a really specific solution that they have for that problem, and trying to get feedback on right. on just the solution. So my guess the first thing you do is you back up. Yeah. Yep. Right? Is this actually the problem we may be solving? Yeah. So I was like, let's before we before we dig into this Hell yeah. pair of gloves question, let's just go back, let's look at the logs and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I look and I'm like, well, uh, whenever we wipe, as in like everybody dies uh, on a boss, you are among the first two dead about a quarter of the time. Mm. Uh, you know how like, you do that more tells damage me? by being alive. By, by not being dying. alive. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, in so fact, it's, it's, this is a good, like, can we not kind of const like style thing too, right? Because it's actually the most effective way to do more damage is not to do more damage. It's just to not be to around die. more yeah. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, you can run the, you can run Sims where you can like simulate a fight with your character and it'll tell you what the damage. And I was like, you know, the gloves, the pants, that's going to be like a 0.5% difference either way. Yeah. If you live twice as long, that's two extra damage, right? That's <laughs> twice that's as much damage, right? Uh, yeah. And so I was like, don't even worry about any other shit. Let's just look at your defensive usage and look at any items or any things you can change to help you live longer. And so we actually, I actually had him swap out a couple of pieces of gear that he really liked that he thought were like really helping him with his damage in, in exchange and they might have for been, but only in the moment, only while he was alive, yeah. uh, swapped it out for some defensive stuff. Uh, and then the next raid night, he was doing 20% more damage and never was Ooh. among the first two dead. <laughs> it's also, there's also a knock on effect where, uh, uh-huh. if you feel safer, 
then you're not panicking as much and you can pay more attention yeah. to your damage yeah. rotation, like what buttons you're hitting. If you feel like you're on the verge of death all the time, you can't focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, yeah, you can simulate it using like, oh, if I was a robot pushing all my buttons perfectly, what's the best piece of gear? But that's not what's happening. That's economist thinking. That's right? actually, I think that's another really important point to all this too, is that the other part when it comes to like making decisions and collaborating on this stuff is that you have to treat all people as people and as individual people as part of the process. And just ex- and just like work with the fact that like- Work with the quirks. Yeah. Some people are anxious. Some people need things communicated in a certain way to be effective. Some people, you know, like you just figure out kind of what- is going on with the person and then you just work you work with that right so like seth in your case talk about this yeah if you acknowledge the fact that there's a person doing this and a people panic when their video yeah, game character emotions is about are, to die right yeah emotions may, are an extremely important part of of yeah. what you're doing and yeah, maybe yeah. this maybe this person's more risk-taking naturally right sounds like it if they're dying all the yeah. time so so yeah, yeah giving that person swapping out a little bit of that offensive power for a little bit more defensive capability. Well, the thing is, it was a lot of def- like it was a lot of defensive capability. Like, Cuz yeah. the weird thing is that, you know, like people think in one dim- like I said, one dimensional KPI. You're like I'm a damage dealer, my job is to make damage number real real big. Mm-hmm. And so like as a as a very simple example, you can drink a flask which just gives you a 30 minute buff. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's a bunch of different flasks you can choose from that have a range of effects mm-hmm. uh, and you can only have one at a time. So whichever one you choose is, you know, it's, that's yeah. important. So one of them gives you a bunch of versatility, which is like plus, plus 4% damage dealt minus 2% damage taken. Hmm. So it's a okay. offensive and defensive. Okay. Nice. It's boring, right? Yeah, it's so just like, Hey, if you want to stay alive, sometimes boring is the best yeah. way, you know, uh, or alternatively, there's one called the fl- a file of corrupting rage where your character, um, it sounds gets really a, cool. Your character cool. gets a lot of um, of like crit, like a shitload of crit. So you you have a much higher chance to crit. But then uh, once you've taken a certain amount of damage, then you lose the crit for a little while, and instead you take a bunch of damage for a while. So this is oh, exact that's thing. That guy paw. should not be fucking. Yeah, he should not be yeah. fucking with that toy. Yeah. No. And so uh, so a lot of people will be like, this one is better on the Sims and damage number big good. Yes. Right. Then they put they drink that fucking thing and then they just die, <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, and it's also it's also there's well, a survivorship bias because people look at the top performers and all the top performers are using that. Yeah, and right? it's because they they're not die. suffering the downsides of the thing because they're right a top performer. because they're really really. But I think good. it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fixating on a certain part of the pipeline, right? It's like if the pipeline for achieving like a raid boss kill in this case as your individual damage character, the first rule is simply do not die. The second rule is. Be close enough to the thing to be able to kill it and hit your buttons fast enough, right? It's like yeah. If well, you and, if you get focused on the second one, but you haven't optimized the first one, your bottleneck, your bottleneck's over there. You don't need yeah. to be worried about pants, and boots, and stuff like just fucking yeah. Up. And people always miss it too because there's 20 people in the group, and mm-hmm. by the end of a boss, a boss fight can be like five to ten minutes long, They're you long. know, depending. And uh, sometimes it's a very close kill, as in like maybe the boss at five minutes enrages and kills everybody, and we will kill the boss with like 10 seconds left, right? Mm. And people will look at that and they'll be like, mm, our damage was just a bit too low, you know? But what they don't look at is 
four people were dead for half of the fight. Yep. Mm. It's like, yeah, that like it's not that the it's not that people weren't like pushing their damage buttons well enough. It's or that half the were. team was dead. Yeah, it's <laughs> that they just didn't live. And so it's there, like yeah. you you will do more damage and have more offensive power if you stack more defensive power, which mm-hmm. is counterintuitive, but not really. It makes no, perfect sense. You zoom the fuck out. It's not. You can't yeah, do damage yeah. when you're dead. So, yeah. yeah, but it feels weird if you're a damage dealer to be like, I'm going to take the thing that doesn't increase my damage on paper. I'm going to take the the thing that gives me more health or whatever, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And yeah. so like, well, this is something like I, I just, I I'm that, always pushing on, but that, that idea that you described it as like KPI, KPI yeah. blindness or whatever. It's tunnel vision, yeah. yeah. It's a tunnel vision where, where, cause your job as a damage dealer isn't to do the most DPS. It's to have dealt the most damage over the most damage during the boss fight. During the boss fight, yeah, yeah, and and so when you're trying to figure out what makes up damage, total damage dealt during a boss fight, right? Mm-hmm. You don't if you just look at DPS or whatever, right? Just like just how much damage you could possibly do if you were doing damage every second for the entire boss fight, right? <laughs> yep. Then you're going to come to the wrong conclusion because, as, as Seth, as you're saying, like that's not what actually happens in a boss fight. You don't just do damage every second at your max DPS the whole time through the entire yeah. boss fight. That's not what happens. What happens is you die, you panic, you mm-hmm. have to you help somebody do something. If yeah, yeah, like stuff is happening, and you have to account for all that other stuff as part of it too, right? Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think KPI it, blindness is one of the most important concepts. Oh, it's it's in huge. Business, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think and pipeline awareness is, is I think the the key thing for me when I talk to some other uh, like studio heads and stuff every so often. That's where I ask the most questions about like how how is it that work flows and where yeah. where are these trouble points happening? Are they actually where you think they are? They never you know are because I mean? they almost never are when you first get started trying to figure this stuff out. Oh yeah, um, and just, even like you know in our own in our own past, you know we we talked about how our struggles with with like you know increasing throughput of art for example but without without predicting how that was going to affect like the game programming side of things to be able to integrate the art Mm -hmm. right and it's like you all all you can really look at is is just go like "Mm, i just wish we had more art you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like if if we had more art you know then we'd have it Well, and there's, but, but again, it's like because of, because of the human component, there's because mo- we're not robots, and there's multiple things going on there too, right? Because because also we want to have a better time doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. And usually the things that make you have a better time also happen to increase throughput, right? So yeah, uh, because it's removing tedium, it's removing work, right? So which is which is a lot of why like what I've what I've always been like advocating for on the team is like quality of life for doing the work like cuz if you do that you get all these other just you just get all these other things you just get better throughput everybody's having a better time you get fewer absences like everything is better if you're focusing on quality of life and and then it it can be less of a problem when someone's throughput becomes so high that mm-hmm. they're sort of piling up work for somebody else right because now it's not like oh we invested in this and that was the wrong move because we invested in something that wasn't the bottleneck. But instead, it's, mm-hmm. hey, this person's having a great time. So that's, yeah, that's they're good. making more stuff that we can deal with, but we could figure that out. That's okay, right? And you, and you can well, then the decide. Like, moved, right? Yeah, that's the, the bottleneck moved. Yeah. That's fine. We'll, we'll like, figure that out, right? But it, but it is that like combo of things where it's not as simple either as like identify where the bottleneck is and like address it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is also how we used to think about it. It's just like. It's oh, like yeah. a free body problem, right? Yeah, there's it's just like, a lot going moving. on. Yeah. yeah, because and because it's people, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think just to, to sum it up, like how I think about this, it's basically ownership of a role, advocacy of of that role, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then this last thing, which I just completely already lost 
fled my brain instantly. But the last thing we just talked about, which KPI yeah. blindness, KPI Don't, blindness. Yeah, zoom out. Think yeah. about zoom how, out. Yeah, about how how what you are doing integrates with everything else. And you know, if you get hyper fixated on just one dimension of of your work or of your of your output, you might you might just be actually only making problems for people and minimizing that number. Yeah. Also, right? so, but actually, I think one uh, last really clear example of that idea, right, is something to deal with with QA, right? Where in QA, it feels like your job is to find and report bugs, right? Um, yeah, this and is so, tough. So it's easy to, for, so if your KPI then is like number of bug reports, right? Uh, the problem with that is that how you can only report bugs that exist. So, mm-hmm. so if you have a high number of bug reports, that's on the one hand good for you as that person because good that you found it's them. good that you found them, but it's actually bad. It's actually it's that's a yeah. bad KPI for the team because that means we're producing lots of bugs, right? So, because what the actual KPIs that matters is the is kind of the opposite. It's it's how few bugs Escape. slipped by you, mm-hmm. how few bugs that existed, right? escaped your notice, right? And that's the actual, which is a really, a much harder thing to measure than just how many tickets that I submit, right? And well, that's you can't measure for, it. You can't measure yeah, it based on Every your good KPI that actually is meaningful is not measurable. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it, it can put you at odds, right? Like if you're measuring yeah. stuff, like, especially in that, in that scenario, if you're getting upset, you know, that like you're not catching bugs because there aren't any bugs, like who, what do you want somebody to do about that? Yeah. Add more bugs. <laughs> like, and there's just no way. So. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it is that good example too of where KPIs fuck things up, right? Because when they when they don't when they don't have nuance, and Which they, they don't, and, and they, they never do. And, and but yeah. more particularly when you're not measuring the thing you really need to be measuring for your KPI, you create all these weird perverse incentives, and it can cause things. And this is like you see this a lot in really big companies where like everything because things are so big and hard and unwieldy, they just get really obsessed about simple answers. Here's our KPI for this. Here's our KPI for that, right? But when you look at them, what happens as a consequence, it's just bad. There's just so much bad stuff happening because people need to do X to get that number up, right? Um, yep. Even though the goal isn't actually that number, right? And so everything that actually is the real goal- It's a proxy. Yeah, falls through the cracks. Yep. So just got to be aware of it. So advocate for your stuff. Don't be blind to KPIs and, you know, take take ownership. Yep. And that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, but, you know, we'll be going right into recording the next episode nope. right after this. So, you know, it's going to be wild. I uh, would like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa Costa for putting this episode together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. And as always, uh, if you haven't yet, head on over to Steam and give Crashlands 2 a wish list. It helps boost its visibility in the algorithms, which, of course... Helps us greatly in the long run, and we'd appreciate it. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.